0: the appendix of a voyage in the sunbeam our home on the ocean for 11 months this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org a voyage in the sunbeam our home on the ocean for 11 months by anna brassi appendix when we finally sailed from Coase on July the 6, 1876, the list of persons on board the yacht was as follows. Thomas Brassy, Esquire, MP, owner, Mrs. Brassy, Thomas Arnold Brassy, Mabel Annie Brassy, Muriel Agnes Brassy, Mary Adelaide Brassy, Honorable A. Y. Bingham, F. Hubert Freer, Esquire, Commander James Brown, RN, Captain Squire T. S. and R. N. R. Henry Percy Potter, Esquire, Surgeon. Isaiah Powell, Sailing Master. Henry Kindred, Boatswain. John Ridge Templeman, Carpenter. Charles Cook, Signalman and Gunner. James Allen, Coxswain of the Gig. James Walford, Captain of the Hold. John FAIL, Coxswain of the Cutter. Henry Parker, Second Coxswain of the Gig. William Seborn, A.B., Walter Seborn, Turner Enew, William Moulton, A.B., Albert Wiseman, John Green, Thomas Taylor, Frederick Butt, Henry Tichener, Thomas Powell of Forecastle Cook, William Cole, Boy, Robert Rowbottom, Engineer, Charles McKechnie, Second Engineer, Thomas Kirkham, Leading Fireman, George Burridge, Fireman, George Leslie Steward, William Ainsworth, bedroom steward, Frederick Parsons, saloon steward, George Bassett, second saloon steward, William Pride, cook, Joseph Southgate, cook's mate, Emma Adams, nurse, Harriet Ho, lady's maid, Mary Phillips, stewardess. The list of those who were temporarily on board the yacht during the voyage comprised the following persons Arrivals. Crew of Monkshaven came on board the Sunbeam September twenty eighth. Arthur Turner, one of the crew, remained on board the Sunbeam as an able-bodied seaman. John Seborn from U.S. Asheville at Hong Kong. John Shaw, undercook Hong Kong. Isaac Ayak, Hong Kong. John Ahan, Hong Kong. Mahomet, fireman, Gaul. Abraham, fireman, Gaul, Tom Dollar, fireman, Gaul, Mr. and Mrs. Woodroff, Ismaila. Total, 24. Departures. T. Alnut Brassi, Rio. Crew of Monkshaven, 14. Placed on board the Ultimand, October the 5th. Captain Leckie, Buenos Aires. Gio Leslie, Ensenada. Captain Brown, Honolulu. William Pride, Honolulu. John Fale, Malacca. Mohamed, Fireman, Suez. Abraham, Fireman, Suez. Tom Dollar, fireman, Eden. Mr. and Mrs. Woodruff, Port Said. Total 25. Note. Many were the preparations to be made before starting of our voyage. The crew had to be selected. We had to decide whether all, any, or none of the children should be taken, what friends we should invite to accompany us, what stores and provisions we should take and to select from our little fleet of boats those which seemed best suited for the various requirements of the voyage. The whole number comprised the gleam, lifeboat cutter, the glance, large gig, the ray, light gig, the trap, to catch sunbeam, steam launch, the moat, dingy, the flash, light outrigger. Of these, the trap and the ray had to be left behind. A letter from the times of June 2nd 1877 to the editor of the times sir believing it possible that some interest may attach to the voyage completed on may the twenty seventh by the arrival of the sunbeam at coves venture to offer to your readers a short narrative of our proceedings the expedition is in some respects unprecedented a circumnavigation of thirty five thousand four hundred miles has never before been made in the short period of forty-six weeks from which must be deducted one hundred and twelve days of well-earned repose in harbour we had it is true the advantage of steam without which such a performance would have been an impossibility but we travelled twenty thousand five hundred seventeen miles under sail alone and the consumption of coal has not exceeded three hundred and fifty tons The sunbeam sailed from Coves on July the 6th, called at Torbay, Madeira, Tenerife and the Cape Verde, crossed the line on August the 8th, and carrying a favorable breeze in the southeast trades, without even a momentary lull, a distance of 2,500 miles, arrived at Rio Janeiro on August the 17th. Following the coasts of South America, we visited Montevideo, Buenos Aires and Ensenada, Steamed through the Straits of Magellan and Smith's Channel and reached Valparaiso on October the twenty-first. While on the coast of Patagonia, it was our privilege to rescue a crew of fifteen hands from the bark Morkshaven, laden with an inflammable cargo of smelting coals, which had been on fire six days when we most providentially described her signals of distress. On October the thirtieth, we commenced our long and lonely voyage of 12,330 miles across the Pacific. We touched at Bow Island in the Low Archipelago, Maitea and Tahiti in the Society Islands, and Hawaii and Oaho in the Sandwich Group. On January the 21st, we sighted Assumption in the Ladrones, and on the twenty-ninth, arrived at Yokohama. While in Japan, We were present at the opening of the railway from Osaka to Kyoto by the Mikado, and subsequently cruised in the inland sea in severe winterly weather. At Simonoseki we found the people much agitated by the recent outbreak of the Satsuma clan. On February the 19th we bade a reluctant farewell to Japan, and following the most direct route to England, Visited in succession Hong Kong, Canton, Macao, Singapore, Johor, Malacca, Penang, Gaul, Colombo, Aden, Alexandria, Malta, Gibraltar, and Lisbon. Having given the principal dates, the story of its voyage will be most rapidly completed by entering our successive passages in a tabular statement. Thames an English Channel. Miles. Steam. One hundred ninety three. Sail. 205, total 398, Torbay to Madeira, miles, steam 353, sail 874, total 1227, Madeira to Orotava, Tenerife, miles, steam 164, sail 72, total 236, Orotava to Terafal Bay, San Antonio Cape Verde, Miles steam thirty five, sail eight hundred and eighty six, total nine hundred and twenty one. Tarafal Bay to Rio Janeiro, Miles, steam six hundred and eighty nine, sail two thousand six hundred forty seven, total three thousand three hundred thirty six. Rio to Montevideo and Buenos Aires Miles Steam five hundred and nine, sail seven hundred and twelve, total 1221. Buenos Aires to Possession Bay, Straits of Magellan. Miles, steam, 816, sail, 524, total, 1340. In Straits of Magellan and Smith's Channel, miles, steam, 565, sail, none, total, 565. Tolota and Valparaiso, miles, steam, 634, Sale 500. Total, 1,134. valparaiso to Yokohama, calling at Ha'o in Pomoto Group, Maitea and Tahiti in the Society Islands, and Hawaii on Oahu in the Sandwich Group. Miles, steam, 2,108. Sail, 10,225. Total, 12,333. Yokohama to Kobe and Simonoseki through the Inland Sea. Miles, steam, 653. Sail, none. Total, 653. Simonoseki to Hong Kong. Miles, steam, 395. Sail, 1015. Total, 1410. Hong Kong to Singapore. Miles, steam, 312. Sail, 1251. Total, 1,563 Singapore to Point de Gaulle, cowling at the Straits' settlements. Miles, steam, 1,668 Sail, none, total, 1,668 Gaul to Colombo on Aden, miles, steam, 2,202 Sail, none, total, 2,202 Eden to Suez, miles, steam, 807, sail, 551, total, 1,358. Suez to Alexandria, miles, steam, 436, sail, none, total, 436. Alexandria to Coes, touching at Malta, Gibraltar, and Lisbon, miles, steam, 2,440, Sail 934, total 3,374, all in total, miles by steam, 14,979, miles by sail, 20,396, miles total, 35,375. Having sketched the voyage in outline, the following details may not be devoid of interest to readers with nautical tastes. Every yachtsman should be a lover of sailing. In the cruise of the sunbeam, although expedition was an essential consideration, steam has been used almost exclusively in calms or in narrow waters, or when, as it has often happened, we have sailed at sunset after a hard day's work on board, intending to make an offing during the night and set sails in the morning. Of the total distance of 15,000 knots under steam, Twelve thousand were traversed under those special circumstances, which seemed to justify even a yachtsman in availing himself of the unromantic but invaluable engine. The best run under steam alone was two hundred and thirty knots, and the most successful continuous performance was on the passage from Peñan to Gaul, in the week ending April 15th, when the sunbeam steamed one thousand four hundred and fifty one knots, with a daily consumption of four and one-fourth of tons of coal. The best runs under sail from noon to noon were 298 and 299 knots, respectively. The first was on the passage from Honolulu to Yokohama, sailing along the sixteenth parallel of north latitude, and between 163rd degree and 168th degree and 15 minutes east. The second was in the Formosa Channel, the highest speed ever attained under sail was 15 knots in a squall in the north pacific on twenty-eight days the distance under sail alone has exceeded and often considerably exceeded two hundred knots the best consecutive runs under sail only were one week ending august thirteenth south atlantic in the south east trades wind beam force five one thousand four hundred fifty six knots Two, week ending november nineteen south pacific southeast trades wind aft force five one thousand three hundred sixty knots three four days january fifteenth to eighteenth north pacific northeast trades wind on the quarter force five to nine one thousand twenty seven knots the average speed in this case was one hundred and seven knots an hour The following were the average speeds of the longer passages. Cape Verde to Rio, days at sea 18, total distance miles 3,336, distance under steam miles 689, daily average miles 185. While Paraiso to Yokohama, days at sea 72, total distance 12,333 miles. Distance under steam, 2,108 miles. Daily average, 171 miles. Simonoseki and Aden. Days at sea, 37. Total distance, 6,391 miles. Distance under steam, 4,577 miles. Daily average, 187 miles. The vessel which has carried us so rapidly and safely round the globe, claims a brief description she was designed by mr sinclair Barne of liverpool and may be technically defined as a composite three-mast topsail yard screw schooner the engines by messrs laird are of seven nominal or 350 indicated horsepower and developed a speed of ten point thirteen knots on the measured mile the bunkers contain eighty tons of coal the average daily consumption is four tons And the speed eight knots in fine weather. The principal dimensions of the hull are length for tonnage one hundred and fifty seven feet, beam extreme twenty seven feet six inches, displacement tonnage five hundred thirty one tons, area of midship section two hundred and two square feet. With an addition of twenty feet to the length and more engine power, the Sunbeam presents a type which might be found efficient for naval services in distant waters. Where good sailing qualities are essential and large ships are not required. On looking back and contrasting the anticipated difficulties with the actual experiences of the voyage, the ease and certainty with which every passage has been made are truly surprising. Our track has been for the most part within the tropics. The storms off the Cape of Good Hope and Cape Horn have been avoided in the inland passages of the Straits of Magellan and the Suez Canal. We have encountered no continuous stormy weather except during the four days preceding our arrival at Yokohama. We have suffered discomfort from heat and detention in calms, but storms have disturbed us seldom, and they have not lasted long. Our experience of gales include a northeast gale off Cape Finisterre on the outward voyage, a northerly gale between Rio and the River Platte, a westerly gale of the east coast of Patagonia, short but severe gales on each of the four days, preceding our arrival at Yokohama, a severe gale from the northwest in the inland sea, a northeast gale in the Formosa Channel, a northerly gale in the Straits of Jubal, a westerly gale of Port Said, and an easterly gale on the south coast of Candia. On the passage homewards from Gibraltar, we met strong northerly winds on the coast of Portugal and a northeast gale off Cape Finisterre. The navigation has presented few difficulties. All the coasts we have visited have been surveyed. Lighthouses are now as numerous and efficient on the coasts of China and Japan as on the shores of Europe. Such is the perfection of the modern chronometer, that lunar observations, the only difficult work in ocean navigation, Are no longer necessary, and the wind charts published by the Admiralty supply to the amateur navigator accumulated information and valuable hints for every stage of his voyage. How infinitely easy is the task of the modern circumnavigator compared with the hazardous explorations of Magellan's and Captain Cook, when the chronometer was an instrument of rude and untrustworthy quality, when there were no charts and the roaring of the breakers in the dead of night was the mariner's first warning that a coral reef was near our comprehensive and varied cruise has strengthened my former convictions that the disasters due to negligence bear a large proportion to the number of inevitable losses every coast is dangerous to the careless commander but there are no frequented seas where with the exercise of caution and reasonable skill the dangers cannot be avoided These remarks do not, of course, apply to cases of disaster from stress of weather. In fogs there must be delay, though not necessarily danger. In these days of lamentation over the degeneracy of the British seamen, my experience may be accepted as a contribution to the mass of evidence on this vexed question. I have not been surrounded by such smart seamen, as can only be found on a man-of-war, but I have no ground for general or serious complaint. Many of my crew have done their duty most faithfully. In emergencies everybody has risen to the occasion, and has done best when his skill or endurance was most severely tried. My mariners, souls that have toiled and wrought and sought with me, that ever with a frolic welcome took the thunder and the sunshine. It is always in stormy weather, that the good qualities of the british seamen are displayed to the greatest advantage the difficulty is to keep up his interest and energies in long intervals of fine weather when nothing occurs to rouse him to an effort and the faculties of the seamen before the mast no less than those of his officer are benumbed by the monotony and isolation from mankind which are the gravest drawbacks of a sailor's life It is in these dull moments that men are tempted to drink and quarrel, that officers become tyrannical, and their crews insubordinate, or even mutinous. Lest it should be thought that my impressions of the average sailor are derived from an exceptional crew or picked men, I have only to add that the manning of the sunbeam was a family job. The sailing-master was related by blood or marriage to the majority of his subordinates, fishermen from the coast of Essex who had received their early training among the banks and shoals at the mouth of the Thames. In this connection I tender my sincere tribute of praise to the officers of the Navy for their success in maintaining the efficiency and spirit of their crews through long commissions on foreign stations, much time being necessarily spent in harbour, in many cases in the most enervating climates. The discipline of the service seems to be admirable, and the seamen are reconciled to it by tradition, by early training, and perhaps by an instinctive perception of its necessity. I am equally bound to commend the efficiency of our consular service in the remotest outposts of civilization which we have visited, and evidences of good colonial administration are abundantly manifest in Hong Kong, Singapore, Penang, Ceylon, and Aden, in the prosperity and contentment of the people. It is scarcely necessary to observe, in conclusion, that experiences may be gathered in a voyage of circumnavigation which are not to be gleaned from blue-books or from shorter cruises in European waters. A more vivid impression is formed of the sailor's daily life, of his privations at sea, and his temptations on shore. The services required of the navy Are more clearly appreciated after a visit to distant foreign stations. Such a voyage, indeed, is a serious effort. It demands many laborious days and anxious nights of watching. For my safe return, to those pale, those white-faced shores, so welcome to the homeward bound, accompanied, happily, by the adventurous little family who have taken part in the expedition, I am truly thankful. I am, sir, your obedient servant thomas brassy coves end of the appendix and this is also the end of a voyage in the sunbeam our home on the ocean for eleven months by anna brassy